0: The Bulletin.
1: Rightio, the Bulletin this morning has a a really distinct football flavour, and uh, the obvious reason why is, of course, the the Women's World Cup is still uh, very much upon us with uh, the quarterfinals starting tomorrow, and of course, this weekend. Uh, signals the start of yet another EPL season. English Premier League is back on our screens, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, couldn't get anyone else on the line apart from Ricardo Ball to preview it for us. Uh, first of all, Ricardo, good morning again to you. Uh, busy morning, I'm sorry about that. Um, I heard you, though, this morning talking to the lads uh, about this uh, football women's World Cup, and you mentioned France is very much a side in your uh, radar because it's a side that we haven't focused too much on with all the other happenings in the World Cup. They've sort of gone under our radar a wee bit, so to speak.
0: Yeah, they have. I think. I think every chance. You know, I mean, they come up against the Aussies in the uh, in the quarterfinals, Smithy, and. You know Australia without Sam Kerr. I know she played 10 minutes at the end of that game, but she's not going to be fully fit. And I think the French will have too much. I mean, they came within a whisker of making the Euro final uh, last year. They they just got edged out by the Germans, so they were semi finalists there. Uh, they're a very very good side, this French side. They've scored 10 goals in the last two games. You know, put teams absolutely to the sword and there haven't been too many sides of this World Cup you know, you look at England, you look at the USA uh, a few others who are big things as expected of and they haven't been able to put teams to the sword but the French have been able to do that they've been scoring a lot of goals
1: They have um, and uh, I've got to say I'll be taking a, a lot of interest in that game that's uh, Saturday uh, evening game coming out of Brisbane uh, but tomorrow afternoon uh, 1 o'clock, interesting time, Spain v the Netherlands, how do you see that one going?
0: I've got... I, both these teams are, you know, we talk goals. Both these teams have scored a lot of goals. Um, this, I think there's 24 between them in eight games, so there's going to be goals in this game. But the, the Dutch, for me, feel like, particularly like against South Africa, they won that 2-0, but they left a lot out there. I think the Spanish are more clinical. Um, Viviane uh, the is the top Dutch striker. She's got something like 95 goals and 112 appearances or something. She's not at this mm. World Cup because of an ACL injury that um, she sustained with Arsenal. and I think they've really missed her class. And finishing, so they've had a lot of goals out of midfield and places like that. But they've created a lot of chances and, and not capitalised where they could have. Whereas I think the Spanish are in a lot better position to capitalise. They've got players in form up the top of the pitch. Um, so I, I, I've got Spain winning it, and I think. You know, if you're looking for um, looking for a bit of value, Smithy, I, I don't think you can really go past both teams to score as uh, at a dollar ninety two takes the result out for you, and I think they're going to be goals. So I think that's pretty good. And um, even if you want to back the Spanish, you know they're paying three ten to score in both halves, and I think that's definitely worth a mm. worth a look as well.
1: Can Sweden shut down Japan's speed and the counter attack? I think they can, yeah. I mean, that's the
0: thing is, you know, a lot of people have, you know, and quite rightly so, been excited by the Japanese in this tournament. They have played really, really well. But Sweden are great value. I mean, they shouldn't be underestimated. They're, they're, they're the, the highest ranked team left in the tournament. They're The third ranked team in the world, and they're really, really dangerous at set piece. So I think you know that they're a team that um, need to be kept an eye on. And you know, there's a there's a defender that they have, uh, Elistard, uh who plays for Arsenal, who. Um, Sorry, my kitten has decided to jump on my keyboard and everything's going sideways. Mm. Um... <laughs> but, uh, uh she scored three from set pieces at this tournament, you know. And I mean, and the Swedes also scored a lot of goals from uh, set pieces against the Italians. So I, I think you know mm-hmm. the Japanese aren't the biggest side. I know that can be a bit of a uh, bit of a trope, but the Swedes are really big. They're a big side. Uh, they've got a lot of height mm-hmm. in the box, and I, I think that they will give uh, the the Japanese a lot of problems. So yeah, I see that being probably the hardest game to call. I've I've got that down as a draw, to be honest, mate. I I, I think that 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 could go extra time, and maybe.
1: Even okay, fine. Um, the the lopsided one, if there is one, appears on paper to be, um, if you look at the ratings, the rankings, the odds, etc., England v. Columbia, do you see it that way?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned England earlier and they have flattered to deceive a bit. You know, they really... They haven't um, put teams away. I mean, they've they got six past China, but they've only scored eight in four games. So, I mean, that's only two in the other three games. And they, they've really started a bit in attack. I mean, just said at the beginning of the tournament, I think they had three players retire after the Euro win, and then another three players ruled out with bad injuries. And most of them were at the top end of the park. And I think that, uh, you know, the way they've gelled the, the, the young forward line hasn't quite worked as yet for England, not, not consistently. That said, you know, I think the Colombians, I don't know if you saw the game against Jamaica, mate, but it's probably the most physical game we've seen in its World Cup. They kicked lumps out of each other. So they've I, I, had a day less to recover than England as well. So I, I think the problem's get that done and probably get it done pretty comfortably.
1: OK, cool. Uh, right, let's move across to uh, the EPL, Ricardo, if we could. Um, and uh, it starts, uh, of course, uh, well, uh, English time um, Friday night. Uh, Burnley. Burnley Man City. Uh, they have the right to kick it off. Um, we we run through the, a lot of interesting games, uh, interesting matchups, and really looking forward to Luton's return. But they're away to Brighton.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of interesting ones here. I mean, I, you know, I, I think Brighton uh, are a very good side. We saw that last year. They got they're, they're in Europe for the first time in their history, so. I don't know that Luton have done enough um, business in the transfer window to really solidify them. I mean, they're obviously the bookie favourite to go straight down, and I find it hard to argue that. So I think Brighton will probably beat them reasonably comfortably there. It'll be a bit of a wake-up for them. In um, the other game you mentioned, the first one, which is Saturday morning at 7. Burnley versus Man City, there's a nice little story there with Vincent Kompany, who's the former Man City captain, lifted a lot of trophies with Man City. He's managing Burnley and won the league with him, the championship with him last season, and he's completely changed Burnley. You know, we think Burnley, you often think of Owen Coyle or uh, Sean Dyche and very pragmatic things well that's not the Vincent Company way he's got a lot of young guys in there they play really attacking football they keep the ball and uh, you know it, I, it, it's not just uh, like a junior Man city he does have his own ideas as well but that is the kind of football to expect they, they'll, they'll be exciting to watch Burnley this season
1: OK Everton of course just snuck back in they were so fortunate to maintain their status they open up uh, on Sunday morning against Fulham
0: yeah, and, and you know, Fulham really uh, surprised a lot of people last year. They, they were one of my favourites to go down um, based on what we'd seen previously, but they've done some good business. They they they, they had a top half finish. Um, they've brought in uh, only they've only brought in a couple of players, uh, but they haven't really lost anybody. They brought in Raúl Jiménez from Wolves, uh, who's a proven goal scorer, and he'll be he'll be great option off the bench uh, for Mitrovic, and Calvin Bassey, who. I think it's a player to watch. He's uh, played at Rangers, was picked up from Rangers by Ajax, so he's been at Ajax, and now he's come back to the Premier League uh, to play for Fulham, and they, they spent no, $19 million on him, uh, Smithy, so he's a really solid defender, can play as a right-back, can play as a right-sided centre-back, uh, and he should add some uh, a bit more steel to to Fulham, so that's going to be an interesting game. Because Sean Dyche has had an off-season now, Uh, at Everton he's there they haven't been able to do a lot of business yet but they have brought in uh, a few canny signings if you like Ashley Young who is is, despite the surname is not that he's about 35 now Um, but they picked Mm. him up from Villa on a free and uh, you know he adds a lot of leadership amongst other things and uh, a guy who's a a talent to watch, Dan Juma, who was a VRL last season uh, in Spain and uh, he's, he's a great winger with a heap of pace, he'll, he'll look to get in behind sides so yeah, it's going to be a bit of an arm wrestle that game I fancy Fulham will probably just have a little bit too much, but it'll be interesting to see what Dyche has managed to do with Everton over the off season
1: A couple of uh, interesting clashes um, uh, happen Monday morning our time um, and uh, they include my side under new management Spurs um, they're away to Brentford and perhaps the match of the round, because uh, everyone is just uh, wondering what is going to be with Chelsea this year against Liverpool.
0: Yeah, that, and that's really really interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because neither side seem to have a midfield at the moment. Uh, so you know, Liverpool have let um, uh, Jordan Henderson, James Milner, uh, Fabinho uh, go, and uh, Naby Keita go as well, and they've only brought in two players. So they've got a they've got a real lack of depth at midfield, and. You know, Chelsea have done much the same, you know. I think they've only really got two starting midfielders in the squad, Chelsea, because they let Kovacic go, they've let Loftus-Cheek go, they've lost uh, Mason Mounts, and N'Golo Kante and a few others, so I think they've only got two senior midfielders in their squad, uh, Chelsea, they're desperately trying to fix that at the moment, but yeah it's going to be a really interesting game to see how this plays out, because I think both sides are really in transition, Pochettino's coming at Chelsea, he's trying to reinvent things there, and meanwhile at Liverpool, they've kind of been caught on the hop a bit I think with the Saudi League and they had an ageing squad anyway, and an ageing midfield, and they needed to do something I think they were happy to lose one or two, but have sort have of lost four out of their midfield, um, and they've only really bought two in. It's interesting. So I think Jurgen Klopp's got a lot of work to do, and I think it's going to be potentially another season of uh, transition for both clubs. So it's hard to see either of them really troubling the, uh, the title race or even maybe the top four.
1: Well, as I said, Spurs, they had about 19 managers in the total of last season, but they finally (laughs) settled on on a new one, uh, who was uh, pretty successful uh, up there at Celtic.
0: Yeah, yeah, very successful, Ange Postacoglu, and he's, he's got them playing some really good stuff in pre-season. Uh, so that's gonna be, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go this season in the Premier League. I rate Ange Postacoglu. I think he's a, he's a very clever manager, and he plays the right way and stills his players with a lot of confidence. So I remember years ago, Smithy, when um, the Football Kings uh, were in the National Soccer League, the Australian Soccer League, precursor of the A-League, and um, there was a guy called Levent Osmond, who was an Aussie under-23 international, but he was playing here. And I think there was, a, I think after Winton had left, and there was some speculation about who should come in, and he said to me, "That he said, look, they should go and get Ange Postecoglou. He coached me at under twenties. He's the best coach I've ever worked under. So he was talking about him then, um, and you know he's gone on and done great things, and yeah." The reinvention of Spurs is going to be interesting. He's got a lot of work to do. Um, they've, they've lost a few players, and I think there's players that he'll want to move on. And there's obviously the big question mark over Harry Kane as well. I think Bayern this morning have offered something like $94 million to get him out of his last year of his deal so they can get him over to Germany. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of uncertainty over who's going to lead the line for Spurs. And, and on the flip side, they're playing a Brentford team who, are without Ivan Toney, who's like a $20 season striker, he's... Um, serving a suspension for uh, for gambling and so he's not available for them till january so um, for both managers thomas frank and angie Poster it's what to do without your front man
1: uh and uh the final one i'd like to look at is uh is your mob you're out for manchester united um hosting Wolves, but that uh, you'll have to wait till i think what tuesday morning or monday morning yeah tuesday morning for for that to eventuate so uh, what are you look, looking at this year? And um, uh, signings? Um, any issues?
0: No, I don't think so. I think um, Eric Ingham's shown just how ruthless he is. You know, not only has he stripped Harry Kane, of the, uh, Harry Kane, Harry Maguire of the captaincy, uh, but then United put out a second-string team midweek against Athletic Bilbao, last warm-up match, and and Maguire was in that. Uh, with a bunch of kids and a few other sort of fringe players. And even then he didn't get the captaincy armband. That was given to goalkeeper Tom Heaton, who's only played a handful of games for the club. So he is definitely on the outer. I see West Ham have uh, made an offer of about $35 million for him this morning. So uh, Harry Kane, uh, Harry Maguire's time in United is gone. And the ruthlessness of Ten Hag has, has come through. He's made a couple of really good signings. I think Mason now will work really well in that midfield and take a little bit of pressure off uh for creativity uh, creatively, you know, um Bruno Fernandes Um I think Anana in goal should be interesting. To see how he develops into the team. He's very much a, a goalkeeper who to play with the ball at his feet. And then Hoyland, who, you know, I think some are calling the next Haaland, uh young Danish striker, he Hasn't got the numbers that Haaland has, uh, but I think he's a big, strong guy who's really quick, who will add something different to that United attack. He's not going to be fit for the start of the Mm -hmm. season, but I like the business that Ten Hag's done, and it's not over by the sounds of things. He wants to get, I think, Fred out the door, uh, I think Eric Bae out the door, um, possibly Donny van der Beek and obviously Harry Maguire as well. He gets those done. I think there's another couple to come in at United just yet.
1: Okay, uh, looking very positive on that front Yeah, Maguire, very, very disappointing Harry Maguire Right, let's uh, change tack if we can To go to uh, a little bit of pugilism And I would imagine there's quite a few New Zealanders uh, Who love uh, UFC Contemplating booking um, a seat to Sydney Around about September the 9th Because it's been confirmed that uh, Israel Adesanya uh, Will fight uh, Sean Strickland There was uh, a little bit of uh, conjecture About who his opponent might be But it will be Strickland
0: yeah, and that's, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's not the bout that people wanted. I think everybody wanted to see him fight to proceed, particularly after the uh, the spat that those two had had and the things that had been said. But uh, uh, Strickland will be an interesting, back, a tough guy, and he's a stand-up guy. He's a guy that will stay on his feet, and he'll trade with his head. And I don't know that that's the, the best idea, but that's what he'll do because that's his game plan. Um, and he's going to give up about three inches in leg reach and four inches in arm reach, Um a little bit shorter He's only about one. So Izzy should have it on him I expect Izzy to win this fight But I also expect This fight to be an entertaining fight Because it's two guys That want to stand and trade And uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it mate And uh, you know You talk about people Going over the ditch Well young Nepia That used to work for us uh, I remember him saying A few months ago That him and his dad Try and do something together Every year And this year They're going to Sydney for this
1: Brilliant it's absolutely brilliant because uh, it's not just Israel I'll see, on the card because apparently it's stacked with uh, other Anzac fighters as well.
0: Yeah, so I mean, just running through the names: Taitui Vasa is uh, fighting. He's, a, he's, a, he's an Australian. Uh, Jamie Malaki, who's another Aussie, who's on the on the card. But and then there's a few Kiwis as well: Kaikara France, Carlos Ulberg as well, and Shane Young and uh, Mike Blood-Diamond are all on the card, so they're all fighting out of New Zealand, and then there's a couple of other Aussies as well, Tyson Pedro's always a good watch, uh, he's a big heavy hitter, and Justin Taffer, another Kiwi as well in the heavyweight, so it, it is I think there's seven Kiwis on the card
1: Interesting, okay, uh, before we let you go Carl has just texted in, uh, you know what the texting system's like, and he's basically said, Smithy, Arsenal what about Arsenal? So can we just go back and yeah. look at Arsenal?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arsenal had a great season last season. I don't think too many saw that coming. And I think they've done some good business um, getting Declan Rice in. He's a very good piece. I may have overpaid at $105 Smithy, but but um, they've got him in, and Granit Xhaka has gone out. So I, I, I expect Arsenal will probably push City a little bit harder this season because the other thing is that City have lost a bit of experience. You know, Ilkay Gundogan uh, was captain at times last year. He held their midfield together. They lost him on a free to Barca. And they haven't replaced him. So, Kelvin Phillips, they bought from Leeds the season before last. And that's kind of what they did with Jack Grealish. They have a season in and around the squad before we really trust them with the squad. So, I think the onus will be on him. But he's not the same player. So, I think City uh, losing him... And also uh, losing Riyad Mahrez I, I may not be as strong as they were last season, and I think Arsenal are probably going to be stronger in the midfield. Um, I, I think there's, there's a good chance we have a three-way three-way title race this season. I think it's looking good, and I think Arsenal uh, have probably fixed a couple of their weaknesses with the transfer business they have
1: done. Fantastic, uh, Ricardo. Always great to catch up with you um, around uh, EPL time and. Uh... I, for one, can't wait for it to start as well. So, uh, good news there. And, uh, of course, just a little preview of uh, the UFC on September 9 in Sydney. Thanks, mate. Uh, Have uh, a good remainder of your day. And I'm uh, I'm assured that no one else in the station will pester you today.
0: (laughs) Mate, I believe that when I see it. Go well, Smithy.
1: <laughs> Good on you, Ricardo. Uh, the fantastic, yeah, uh, Ricardo Ball, uh, always available to us. It is uh, 11.20 here on SCNZ. We'll be back uh, with a sports desk very shortly, courtesy of Polaris.